I want to talk to you about what leadership is. The key to becoming a great leader is empowering leaders around you. We see our whole church as leaders, but the fact that you've come means that you've accepted the call of God in your life to be a leader. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Leadership Lean-In Podcast, where we lean in like that guy. Hey, uh, we are so thrilled uh, to have you. I think this is episode number Jeremy Rich, um, our team. This is episode number four. Um, and uh, we are talking about the subject of leadership, one of my favorite subjects in the whole world um, to sit around the table like this and discuss. This has kind of been uh kind of my whole life, we'll talk about it in just a minute, but my whole life uh, sitting around the table with uh, this lady's dad and my dad and other pastors talking about uh, the subject of leadership. So that's what we're going to do today. Uh, we got top five coming here in the middle of the podcast. This month's top five uh, leadership thoughts that I want you to be thinking about. That's coming up soon. And we're also going to go to Julia and do rapid fire. And I, I just gave away my guest today. None other than... My wife is on the podcast, and I have to say, this is your idea? Because the other day we were talking about the leadership leaning, and I was like, I got to eat it. And she's like, you should have me on. And I was like, you'll do it? Yeah. Oh. And that's why we're here is because she is she was willing to come on the Leadership Leaning Podcast. So a rounding roar of applause to welcome. Can we put some effects in right I there? I like do it for myself. <laughs> Um, are we starting off with an argument? Because that is not how that went down. <laughs> In my head, um, it's how it went down. No, no. I was I was trying to be a game player. And oh, yeah. I, you didn't have a guest no. for the last one. And I said, you know, put me in because that's what I do. That's you, what you do. What you I do. do step I up. I lean into what you need. <laughs> Thank God my life would be a disaster if you didn't. If you ever yeah. leaned out. I would just not exist. I yeah. just wouldn't have a life. So thank you for stepping up since none of our other guests, I mean, we invited so, I'm kidding, we didn't. Yeah. Um, We're here. I'm thrilled uh, to have you on because I do think that you are an unbelievable leader in your um, own right. I think that you just are a star. I think you have uh, obviously a huge voice in so many people's lives. You're the biggest voice in my life. Nobody's opinion matters more to me than yours. I am needy and dependent <laughs> upon your, your wisdom and your guidance and your counsel because I think that you're just such an unbelievable person and leader. Okay. So I can't wait uh, to jump in. This is what I want to start with. Oh, no. I didn't give her any of the questions. I didn't give her any of them. I have nothing. I'm kind of nervous. No, I just. It's I, like we're on a date. I, I This is. This is. This, this is, is just special. us on our couch, yeah. you know, just how we talk around yeah. the house. Talk about our uh, <laughs> but um, I want to talk to you about uh, your pastor's kid. You mm -hmm. grew up around leadership, around some really great leaders mm -hmm. who we uh, adore to this mm -hmm. day. And so I, what I wanted to ask was. How much of leadership is just being in that environment? You know, like you, so many things come natural to you when it comes to people and decisions. And I'm amazed with how natural a lot of this is for you. And so my question is, how much of that is from your upbringing and the environment of your your household and your parents' influence and being around great great leaders your whole life? Um, that's kind that you say that it's natural for me, but, um, I mean, we're all learning, right. <laughs> you know, uh, so maybe I fake it really well, but, um, 
yeah, my my parents were pastors and I was I was blessed to grow up in a pastor's home. And for me, it was a positive experience. Right. I know that that's not always the normal for some people. Um, but I watched my parents not only pastor a church, but also mm. lead in areas outside of the church. They, right. they led in their community. My my dad was really involved in uh, local politics. My mom was a teacher. Right. Um, so even outside of ministry, uh, vocational, I, I watched them lead in different spheres. And I watched uh, what it looked like to lead a home. I, there's mm. four kids in our home. And so uh, leadership in all different ways, they always led well. Um, I, I, don't, I mean, I don't know if it's... Um, because I was always obsessed with leading. I'm a mm. firstborn child. Yep. And uh, yep. by nature, I love to lead. Right. Uh, our son, Winston, possesses this right, characteristic. Right. Um, actually, when I was in kindergarten, the kindergarten teacher brought my parents in for the parent-teacher conference that I assume that we're about to have next week with our son. <laughs> and they said, Julia's doing okay in class, but we have a problem because she thinks that she's the teacher. So... <laughs> And um, I was always obsessed with leadership, uh, right. even from a young age, because I I possessed yeah, the like, wanting to be in charge characteristics. One of my favorite stories about you growing up is that you would you start you took over ordering for the family when you were like ten years old. Like you, you like it's not your parents that are doing the ordering at the restaurant. You are doing the ordering. Is that right? Yeah, McDonald's is confusing. <laughs> but um, no, so I I always I always liked. To lead, but I right. think what I had to learn over time was, um, you know, there's being in charge, and then there's leading people, mm. and um, you know, power does things to people. Mm. And when I stepped into leading a home or our children yep. or a church or employees, um, I had to learn the difference of wanting to be in charge right. versus leading people into great place. So I don't always think it was so natural for me to lead well. I think that's kind of you to say, but, um, but yeah, I think it was a journey for me to learn to lead versus learn how to take charge. Well, I think that's, you know, what you're saying is really important because I, you know, the way that I look at your life, the journey that you went on was here is, a. um, a blessed kid. You know, you grow up with parents like mm-hmm. you did and the environment, the exposure to great leaders all the time and, you know, great, not just great communicators, great people. And then, you know, you go to college and, you know, you run a successful business, which I want to talk about and do really well. But then, you know, when we start dating and when we get married, now you're kind of thrust into leading people. Yeah. And I think a lot of that, what was great about that season watching you was so much of that was natural. Because you grew up in the environment and you know it, but then some of it you're yeah. feeling your way through and you're learning. You're going, yeah, I've never done it like this before, and this is I I watched it, but now I'm having to do it. Well, tell me, talk to me about yeah. that season of like when when it start to ignite for you, and yeah. you're like, now it's my turn. And so I know all this in in theory, but this is my first time doing it like in practice. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's so funny because I like think back in that season, all these memories start coming back, <laughs> yeah. and. Um, you know, it's it's so easy for all of us to look at something and to easily 
criticize. Like I can, I can do that, or I, right. I have a suggestion, or I, I know how to right. do that. And um, a lot of us possess a confidence, or should I say, arrogance. Right. So I, I looked at that life, and I, mm. and I said, oh. I got this. I can, you know, I can do this, right. but it's not always easy. And so, you know, never judge someone who's walking in different shoes, um, especially in the area of leadership, because it's it's a it's a different weight. And and I respect people that carry positions of leadership above us, right. and um, you know, in maybe in different fields. But when we first got married, um, I I don't know if. The viewers know this, like they know that you're wearing- <laughs> The viewers. The viewers. You like, know. Like the viewers know that you're wearing leather pants right now under those <laughs> tables. <laughs> I, I don't know if the camera can show your I leather really, pants. You I'm like all the way under the no, table. No, you can't. You're so not that, that flexible. Okay. Um, no, when we got married, I was like, oh, I can, you know, this has been my prayer right. and my dream is to and marry calling. someone in ministry. Yeah, in my calling. Um, but <laughs> this is good. Oh man, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make this. it. We're gonna we're gonna get on track here. It's our date. Um, no, so when we got married, I was like, oh, you know, I've seen this done. I I feel like right, like I can do this. But I remember um, having a season in our first year of marriage. We had a lot of transition. Uh, I moved into your world, and your world was a Chad Beach world and you were very popular in the city that we lived in. Uh, Emphasis on past tense. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, you still are very popular. <laughs> and um, I remember feeling a loss of identity and mm. always growing up as a pastor's daughter, I had strong identity, strong confidence because right. it was under the umbrella of uh my name and yeah. who I was in that environment. Mm. So then I move into a different environment where I'm not known mm. and it's your world. Mm. And there was a lot of change and uh, being married is a lot of change in itself. But right. I remember one of the arguments that we, one of the few, we never ever argued. <laughs> but, uh, one of the arguments that we had, I had tears. And I, mm. I remember I said, Julia McGregor used to be somebody. That was my maiden name. That's one of my and, favorite uh, <laughs> I think I was maybe even hitting my chest, but um, I don't know what that does. You know, maybe I'm like bringing some testosterone to the table. But um, I think that there, you know, when you get married, there is a loss of identity, mm. um, you know, because your two shall become one and right. I'm gaining a new name and a new identity. Yeah. And with that, there was a lot of transition, but learning how to, lead and lead well was was something that I was learning alongside yeah. you and yeah. alongside being newly married. So a lot a lot of it was I thought I knew that I was going to be good at it and that was not the case at all. Right. And um that that's a difficult reality to to enter in something and feel like I've got confidence for this next season yeah. but this season is not going the way yeah. that I panned out. Sure. So um I remember it feeling really lonely actually yeah. and um I just had to keep learning and loving and trying to regain confidence and strength in yeah. my myself and and uh, you really were encouraging during that season, but um, but yeah, two thousand and eight. Yeah, but I but I think that's for all, all leaders, right? It's um until you do it, 
Mm-hmm. You know, until you always think about David, right? David can walk into leading Israel in millions because he has, when nobody else was watching, you know, wrestled lions and tigers and bears. And until you do it, until yeah. you have, you know, the stewardship of whatever leadership or season you have, mm-hmm. you know, you can have all the thoughts and the theories and even the exposure. And so I think, you know, what's great for, for you know, leadership, let's like leading a church. I had all these thoughts and ideas about leading a church, but until I do it, yeah, I was a right. youth pastor for 15 years going like, why are we doing this? And why are we doing, and all these opinions. <laughs> and now that I see her, I go, ah, yeah, yeah. now I know why we didn't do this and why we didn't. And, yeah. and so, you know, um, I think it, it's it's a it's a beautiful thing to grow up in the environment and to be around it. It's a it's an even cooler thing to work it out yourself sure. and start to go on that journey and become the leader that you know you're supposed to be. I want to talk about um, something that I often you know refer to when it comes to you is that if I didn't know you, you know we've grown up our whole lives together. If I didn't know you, your class, your elegance, your taste, oh, I would have thought that you grew up. With money, oh gosh, I would have thought you grew up, you know, like with just a lot. And both of us are from humble beginnings. Both of us have incredible parents that were education majors. With both of them, you know, worked mm-hmm. with special needs, and yeah. and were our our parents were teachers, and then youth pastors, and mm-hmm. then pastors, and both. And so, but what amazes me and what drew me to you was you have this class and this elegance and this next level. Talk to me about, you know, how did you, where does that come from? And how do you get around? I always think, you know, before I married you, when I got around greatness, I got real quiet and shy. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's that's greatness. And then when I got around you, you were like, oh, they're great. I want to get around them and yeah. we're going to be friends with them. Where does that confidence and that class come from? Like, talk to me about that. <laughs> um, well... I, you know, what's so funny is I didn't realize how poor we were right. until Same. until later because yeah. my parents did such a great job of providing an environment where we had fun and lived life and totally. loved our what what we had. We had family pride, and um, I think my parents talked a lot about what we had and instead of what we had not. And um, my mom was committed to. Um, making our environment cultured. So yeah. even though we didn't have a lot, like she made us try innovative foods. I remember we went out to like cool Asian trendy restaurants before Asian was trendy. You know, yeah. like we, uh, my mom would find coupons and drag us to the art museums and um, and she would dress us up and we would go out to eat and like order, share one soup, you know, just yeah, like. Yeah. So I think I grew up with a mom that was really committed to um, to raising us in an environment where mm. we had awesome experiences. And yeah. my dad was really big on that as well. I think also from a young age, I, I felt like I knew what I was called to. Wow. And I, I think God really gave me specific vision mm. for 
you know, I, I, I wouldn't say that this is everyone's calling, but I knew to some capacity that mm. I would have a level of influence. I always thought that it would be in the area of like youth ministry and working, mm. you know, working alongside, uh, you, you know, my future husband, which is you, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think when you, when you, when you see specifically what God has for you, you mm. walk in a level of confidence because you know what the path is. You right. know what you're preparing for. Right. And um, and I think that's how I lived my life from a young, a young, young age. Wow. Um, and I just, you know, and I was kind of quiet with those dreams, you yeah. know, I, I was, but I, I was specific in my heart. I had mm. ambition to go after, yeah. um, different things because I knew, I knew what I had saw. Yeah. I love those stories. Like when you're like in middle school, <laughs> talk to me about those, like those days, those years when you're like, I don't know what grade, but you're like, you're in your room listening to worship music. Like, you know, you really at a young age, like you're saying, had this yeah. encounter that shaped your life. Yeah. I mean, I was blessed to be in an environment where I loved church yeah. and I loved going to church and right. um, I enjoyed it. I didn't endure it. And I had right. a great community of friends from a young age, which is such a blessing to a young yeah. girl. And um, But I, I did have like specific moments where I encountered God's presence and mm. it really did change yeah. who I am. It really spoke over who I am and that in those moments that were, was where dreams were birthed. And that's why I love so much um, the, the model of a conference because a lot of, yeah. a lot of things were spoke to me mm. in a conference setting yeah. or in a special service setting yeah. or a special night service setting. And um, I think those dreams and those specific words that I received helped navigate sure. me through a lot. Sure. And um, I, you know, I never, I, I never really went wayward with those. Like I always yeah. knew those were in my heart. Yeah. And um, in fact, at 19, I like wrote, I, I think I read it at our wedding reception, but um, I wrote like a journal entry when I was 19 that like I would do this and that. And it was like verbatim what wow. like our life looked like, you know, 10 years later. But it's amazing. I, um, yeah, I don't know. I <laughs> I think that I was I was really passionate about Jesus and mm. I spent a lot of time in my room trying to navigate who I was called to be, mm. who I was supposed to be and um mm. worship through worship at yeah. the time. I loved gospel music. Yeah. Uh, Fred Hammond. Should we Hammond? sing a couple? Oh, okay. Go ahead. You start. Do I'm ahead. blessed in the city. Like that oh. guy. <laughs> I'm like, I changed your key. Yeah, because <laughs> like I was in the high. wrong one. I'm like, well, okay, we're um, No, but I, yeah, I just have a lot of moments yeah. where, um, you know, feeling like, specific calling was lonely and yeah. I had to make a lot of decisions to um to follow those dreams that felt um like not exciting or not the normal and 
Right. Yeah. But I think, you know, you know, being around you, even in, you know, when you're younger, you, you exuded confidence and identity and this, this sureness about you that was like, when, whenever I was around you, when you're, we were younger, I'm like, this girl's a force, you know, like this girl is confident and, you know, knows who she is. And I always sense that about you, even when we were young. And you, you brought up something that, you know, um, I think is important for, for, for all of us to understand is that here you have the, let's just say the God side, the Jesus side mm -hmm. that you took very serious and you have moments that I think are really important. But then you also, and even when we were dating, this was, you know, a big part of your life. You have this, I don't know a better way to call it, but let's just call it marketplace or business. So when I look at you, I always think here's Julia. She has this massive ministry calling. You have ability to, to speak to people. You have an ability to lead people. You have this massive side that is a, let's call it a Jesus side. But then you also have this business side on you. And, um, you know, before we got married, um, you owned five houses. I owned one. You made a lot. I married you for money. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> but 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 you were making a lot of money in those days and you were in real estate and you weren't in ministry at the time. You were doing that part. And I'll never forget going to the uh, prophetic assembly, which I didn't know what it was. <laughs> when you invited me to and this we assembly. Clarify when you invited for me to the viewers. Yeah, when, <laughs> the viewership's crazy the viewer, right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dog, the viewership's yeah, yeah. crazy. Yeah. But when when you were telling me come to this um assembly, I was like, I just thought of school assembly, but we go to this meeting and people yeah. pray over you and everyone that prayed over you was like, you're called to, you know, fund the kingdom of God and you're called to make money. And I always think you have this tension within you, mm -hmm. you know, you have the, the God part and that's a big coin, but then you have this business part on you that mm. you could be you know, doing real estate right now. You could be doing any entrepreneur endeavor that you wanted to. Talk to me about how how do people navigate, you know, like how do you conclude and resolve for you? Because I've seen you in seasons of this and I've seen you in seasons of that. How do you know what you're supposed to be doing? Oh, so good. Um, yeah, I think navigating is like such a key word. Yeah. And that, I mean, I loved what you talked about on Sunday. Like it does require wisdom. Absolutely. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm so grateful that you help me navigate. And, um, you know, we live um, in a culture, we live specifically in a city of Los Angeles where there are a lot of dreamers mm -hmm. and, um, and a lot of people with dreams. I support dreams. I support running after dreams, but dreams change and Man. dreams, um, you know, they take shifts and turns and, mm. um, you know, how do you, how do you make sure that you're walking in the right place at the right time is like right. such like a, a topic, uh, you know, of young people that yeah. we, we speak to all the time. And, um, I navigate through that a lot between the ministry and the business side. And at the end of the day, like my calling going back to me in my quiet time when I was journaling as a young girl, my calling, and this is actually the prayer that my dad prayed over me every single night when I went to bed, mm. was that God let your will be done in mm. Julia's life. Mm. And my prayer was always God 
God, let your will be done in my life. Wow. And I so badly just wanted to be used by God, whatever that was. Wow. So yes, I have a dream and a passion mm. and for business and making money for the kingdom and um, generosity. I love all of that. And I love building the house and I love mm. building our house and yep. raising children. And um, I I mean, we talk about this all the time, you know, am I called in the season to be just a mom? Am mm. I called to go after specific open right. doors of business? Right. Am I called to throw everything into the church and, um, it is such a navigation, but I, I think it's easy for us to navigate and to grab a hold of wisdom because we're so grateful for whatever we do. Yeah, that's it. And um, I totally and, agree. And I think that a lot of times we get frustrated if we have a dream and maybe it's a business dream yep. and our dream isn't isn't coming to fruition immediately. Yeah. And um, wow. and I just, you know, through our story and um and through our dating and you know how we got together and all that, I I've just learned time and time again, like even with children, just it's the hardest thing in, in faith and it's mm. the hardest thing in leadership even because right. we want to take control is just the trusting part. Yep, it's that's it. Just like I can't like say this enough, but I just I trust in his faithfulness. Yep. I trust in his faithfulness when George is not doing good. I trust mm. in his faithfulness when I feel frustrated mm-hmm. um, that I'm not doing business stuff. I trust in his faithfulness when I feel like mm. all I do is picking up toys, you know? <laughs> right, like, right, right. I trust faithfulness when my emails are overwhelming, you know, yeah, whatever yeah. it is. And sure. so I think, you know, going back to the both is that when I prayed, God, let your will be done. And mm. I just want to be used by you. I have to be satisfied and grateful mm. if that means that in that city season and in that sitting, in that sitting season or in that season of going, whatever it may be. Whatever it looks like. I'm so grateful. Yeah. And um That's great. And 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 I there is wisdom and practicalities mm-hmm. to that. Like I recognize that um I'm I'm not wired, like I'll say this, I'm not wired to stay home with the kids seven days of the week no. without breaks. No. I'm not wired that yeah. way. I actually am wired to work. I yep. love to work. Yep. And if you're a stay-at-home mom, like I think that's unbelievable. Right. But um, but yeah, there's wisdom and there's practicalities totally. that we navigate together as a couple yep. and we lean into each other. But you know, if I'm called to be Chad's wife for a season, mm-hmm. or if I'm called to be the mom of the house for a season, or right. if I'm called to to preach more in a month than I've ever called, whatever yeah. that may look yeah. like. February. Yeah, yeah, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, right. I just have to be. I just have to trust. Yeah. That. No, I love that because I do. I, I've seen you. I've watched you lay down agenda, lay down what you wanted, like willingly. Okay, I know it's what I want. I know it's what's in my heart. But for this season, I think it's best that I can sense I'm supposed to. I think I always get myself in trouble if I'm forcing things. Totally. I always think leadership is so tough because most leaders are so gifted and talented they can manipulate. Yeah. 
and and just like force things. You, I always think we can make whatever we want happen, and that's scary. Yeah, because even though I can make it happen, doesn't mean it's best. Mm-hmm. And you use the word will. Um, that that's a that's a perfect term. Is what's the will? What's the perfect yeah. thing? What's the you know, the God idea or the right idea right mm-hmm. now, I'm always looking for that. And sometimes it's counterintuitive. Sometimes it's different than what I imagine. I think we live, like you said, in a city of broken dreams. Mm-hmm. And I think that maybe when your dream gets broken, we've experienced this, you can actually turn it around yeah. and still redeem that brokenness, redeem that it's not what I wanted, it's not what I thought, but... I love what you said. If I'm grateful and I can really see how God can use this and and yeah. and really stay on the right track within this lane or season, I'm going to turn out all right. And you've done that over and over and over again. I want to keep talking and get get back to more questions. I'm grilling you today. <laughs> like, I didn't realize this was like so much about my personal story. Oh yeah, well, I thought we were like it's in a, a co-lead. It's about it's about whatever we want. You just look here over at this Apple laptop. It's a MacBook Pro 15 incher. Um, <laughs> you never know what the next question will be. We're gonna come right back to you, Julia. Okay. We're gonna take a break here oh. for the top five we have an intermission. leadership thoughts okay. for the month of January. All right, top five leadership thoughts for this month's Leadership Lean In episode, talking about all about people. You and I are in the people industry. Let me give you five things on how to deal with people really well. Write down number one, people want your ear more than your advice. I cannot emphasize this enough. People would actually have your rather have your ear than your advice. In other words, be slow to speak and quick to listen. There's nothing more important in your relationships than giving people the impression that you care. And how do you care? You care by listening. So I want to encourage you to, instead of being so quick to speak and quick to give advice and jump in, butt in, actually maybe what could benefit you more in your relationships is just the ability and the art of listening well. Maybe next time you're dealing with somebody, they're upset or they've got a big victory, lean in, really listen to where they're at and what they're saying. I guarantee you'll win with them and you'll gain more trust. Number two, become their biggest cheerleader. I love this because um, I think everybody needs some cheerleaders in their corner. Everybody needs some people in their world that they can rely on and they can count on. And they go, these people believe in me. They're always cheering me on. Cheerleaders in your corner, you know, you can tell them when you're winning and you can tell them when you're losing. I remember in high school, uh, our cheerleading team, they would assign cheerleaders to each of us on the basketball team. And so your cheerleader would make your your bag filled with goodies and make signs for you. And I remember coming out, you know, in the warmups and looking over and be like, <laughs> there's my sign. And on the bus, I'd have my bag, you know, that my cheerleader. And I felt like at least one person in the stands is cheering for me. Coach had to assign them, but they're there to cheer for me. I hope that you're someone that's guilty that the people around you and the people you believe in, that you're vocal, you're loud, and you become their biggest cheerleader. Write down number two, nothing trumps relational equity. I cannot, uh, this is number three, I cannot emphasize, emphasize this enough, nothing trumps relational equity. Remember, uh, uh, an account has deposits, and withdrawals, deposits, 
and withdrawals. You want to be good with people, make more deposits than you do withdrawals. What is a withdrawal? Conflict, um, negativity, um, bad interaction. Um, you got to correct them. Sometimes these things, if they compound over time, you can go bankrupt relational, relationally. I can't encourage you enough to be someone, make deposits. What is a deposit? Text somebody, encourage them, send them a gift, show up uh, for the things that are important to them. Make those deposits and gain relational equity. The people that win with others are always those that are making more deposits than they are withdrawals. Never try and correct someone without making a ton of deposits. Gain relational equity and watch your world expand like crazy. Here's the next one. Um, number I think we're on four. People will always remember the way you make them feel. This is so crucial. People do not remember what you say. They remember the way you make them feel. So if you make people feel loved and cherished and valued and welcomed, they'll always feel safe and at home when they're around you. If you make people feel small and judged and less than and unwanted, Good luck because they're not sticking around. People never remember what you say. They always remember the way you make them feel. So what is my goal? My job is to make people feel known and needed. Known and you, I know you and I need you. I want you to be a part of my journey and my world. It will take you so much further than you can ever imagine. And here's the last one. If you serve people and not use people, you will always have great people around you. If you serve people, not use people, you will always have great people around you. People that are good with people people that win with others, have this ability to whoever's around them, they serve them. So you could be at the top of the top listening to this podcast. If you're the head of the head, it doesn't mean you're exempt from serving others. Get around great leaders. And one of the hallmark signatures of all great leaders is they know how to serve their team, serve the people that are around them. Old leadership saying, work hard, for those that work hard for you. If you do that, you always have great people around you. If you just use people and burn people and everyone is disposable and everyone's replaceable, if that's how you treat people, trust me, people will not last around you. You're either building a factory or a family. In a factory, you might produce stuff, but people are gonna come and go like crazy. If you build a family, no one wants to leave. Serve the people that are around you and you always have great people around you. That's this month's top five leadership hits. Love you. All right, back to uh, mi esposa. Se, oh. llama, se llama Julia. Like I start speaking in Spanish. Like, come on, do man. It, do it. Ask me the next question in Spanish. Okay, una pregunta, um, Julia. No, oh, yeah, that's it. That's all. <laughs> that's all I got. Um, probably a question that you get asked a lot. Oh no. And I'm I'm I've got a. Uh, a What's it like being married to you? No, stop. I've got a front row. I like take over. I might start asking you. I've got a front row seat for this, and people <laughs> oh, no. people they they ask both of us this question, and I want to hear. Uh, how you feel about this today. How do you do it? I got a text yesterday from a pastor. It was like, hey, there's a lady on staff at our church. She wants to talk to Julia about how she balances life and how does she do, you know, your life, kids, ministry, travel. You, you go and speak places. You've got a 
You've got a real demand on your life. How do you, I do not like the word balance at all because nobody balances life. Yeah. How do you stay healthy? How do you well, manage your energy? How do you do your life? What are some keys and some tricks that you're like, this is what I try and do in order for me to be my best? Such a good question, right? That we're always trying to get better at. And um, yeah, you know, someone asked me that question after church a few months ago, but she asked it differently. She said, are you doing it? And I said, come again. <laughs> Not how are you doing it? It was like, are you doing it? And I was like, I think I am, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Is the answer maybe? I'm Ron Burgundy? <laughs> I, oh, no. Mm -mm. <laughs> yeah. This is your guest. It's going to correct your job. Okay. Don't, don't <laughs> no spill the tea, honey. No, no one else <laughs> has been my wife. So yes, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. This is completely okay. imbalanced. You're so funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're fine. Yeah. We're on, our, we're on, a, we're on a We're date. on a date right now. Yes. Um, <laughs> Chad and Julia, Julia, um, we are always learning how to expand because we're always growing. And if we're not adding children or churches or campuses or employees, right. um, you know, we're, we're not moving forward. So right. in, in some regard, the last 10 years of our marriage, yeah. we have always taken a step forward. And so yeah. we've always had to change. Yep. And um, I think, um, how do we do it? Balance is mm. never a word that we've really ever been able to get into a rhythm. Because as soon mm. as we get into a rhythm, we're always sure. taking another step. Right. And um, being married to you is lots of steps. I have to learn how to run fast. <laughs> and um, I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. But um, gosh, you know, there's... There's so many things that we we do practically. Mm. Um, you know, I can start off by saying that we uh, the family and the ministry thing is I take I I bring the family along on our journey. Yeah. What we do, we do together. I love that. Um, so Sunday mornings, yeah. you know, if there's people that I know, a lot of moms asking me ask me how do you do it on Sunday morning. So right. this is like a simple practical question. Yeah. Um, we have a, an incredible uh, team the of best. volunteers that rotate and help me get out the door. And, yeah. and, and at first I felt like a failure. Did I not yeah, accepting I that help? That. Um, but I would load my kids up by myself and I would drive to church with tears down my eye right. and I would emotionally text you, you know, cause I, I don't know why I was emotionally texting you. I should, you were getting ready to preach. And I was like, Sundays are hard. This yeah. is terrible. Everyone's losing their mind. Yeah. Um, but we're on our way. We're making it. And yeah. I and I did things out of duty and it become, became unenjoyable. Mm. And um, so we got volunteers to help get us out the door. Amazing. But on Sunday morning, yeah. um, I... I ride, I, I, a lot of people don't know this. I ride with all of my kids yeah. to church and our kids go to at least three services, yeah. sometimes four services, which a lot of people think that's crazy. And I respect nap schedules and people that are on uh, specific schedules, but our kids love to yeah. come along the journey with us. Yeah. And um, they even begged to go to the night services. Well, they if Winston wish, could, he would go to all, every service. They, he would be they, there, every single one of them. They love to be to be with what we're doing. Yeah. And so we bring them along our journey. So that's one way that we, you know, yeah. that we navigate life. Um, I think 
we do this a lot is just always taking inventory. Yeah. Always taking always. inventory, um, assessing where we're at, asking the other person how they're doing, mm-hmm. um, asking our children how they're feeling. Yeah. Um, you know, we we make assessments and then we make changes. Always. And um, you're amazing at leading that. If it's Thank broke, you. we fix it. Um, I I grew up with a dad who is who who was not is a football coach. Yeah. And so he raised us girls like like football training camp. So um, <laughs> this is so real. But right. we we had to do what was our duty and we had to push through. And if I had tears, I had to run into the bathroom and wipe my face and get back out there and get it done. So I have I have duty and grit within me. So I yeah. know how to do a lot, but I don't think that's always the solution. Mm. So, so for me, you know, loading up the kids every Sunday and getting to church because it was my duty and then getting disgruntled in different areas of my heart and feeling overwhelmed and Mm. tired and exhausted, but I never said anything about it. Um, that, that isn't my idea of, a healthy dichotomy of right. of work and parenthood. I, I think assessing and making adjustments and doing things smarter, um, and allowing you know, allowing you to be the best version of you. That's I it. think one of our New Year's resolutions is really inspecting energy, mm-hmm. and um, not energy because we're in Los Angeles, but actually, you know. We're getting older. Don't spit your tea out. <laughs> but it's a real reality. Yeah. You know, we yeah. um getting more sleep, being healthier, yeah. practical things, um, eating more mm. water, diet, all of vitamins, it. all of it. All of it. Yeah. Um, is something that's a huge part. Yeah. Um, you know, feeding our soul, you know, yeah. quiet time, worship music. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's all a part of, you know, what we do. But I think the I think the two main things for right now with four young kids, yeah. we've had three kids in diapers for several years, yeah. which is like, that's a lot in itself. Yeah. You know, so we have young kids yeah. and we have a young church and we're in a fast moving church and a lot going on and we travel and all that's in between. And we're so grateful, but I think we take inventory and yeah. we, we, we do it together. Yeah. I think I've, you know, um, I, I'm always thinking there's, there's a better way Yeah, out there. There's a more efficient, effective way. And I've got to do my best to, to, you know, go and get around great people, go get around people that went before us. Mm-hmm. I got to find that better way mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm always convinced I'm not doing it the best. Mm-hmm. Somebody that's gone before me or somebody that's currently doing it right now has done it better. And I want to learn from them and I want to make whatever, whatever it costs me to bring health. Yeah. You know, um, that, that's that's kind of like our whole mission for our house. That's kind of yeah. our whole mission for our life is yeah. we will fix anything yes. on a dime if there's a better way, whether yeah. it's nighttime routine or An organized health, junk drawer. Organized, yeah, getting an organizer. To, <laughs> <laughs> that is a great case in point yeah. because it's about doing it to the best of your ability. Yes. And I love that. I appreciate that about you, that you're committed to. Uh, so much of leadership is not getting stuck. 
This is the way I've always done it. This is the way my parents did it. Yeah. This is the way this worked before. Um, so much of leadership is going, what got me here yeah. will not get me there. Yeah. I've got to make changes. And you really helped me be good at change, welcoming change. Um, that's not always the easiest for no. any leader no. to make the change. But anytime you do, you can just sense the whole lid. Yeah. The way I'm doing it right now has automatically put a lid over my life. Yeah. And I've got to discover what it is so I can lift the lid and grow mm-hmm. to another level. But I can't unless I'm willing to change. I, I love that about you. Here's, here's the last question. Okay. God, you've been good. Oh. <laughs> you are good at this. Thank you. Oh, I'm inviting you back. Oh, like, thank <laughs> Part two. Okay. Um, tell me about a time as a leader that you felt like for the first time, I did this. You know, because you've you've been doing this now for um, ten plus years and leading at a high capacity. Name a time where you're like, I I really felt like I that's what I was supposed to do, or the way I was supposed to handle it, or I felt confident that that gave me a boost in my leadership. And name a time where you're like, I wish I could get this one back. Wow! If I could get a redo and I could shoot that shot again, I know I'd nail it. But I think I, I missed it, and it was a bit. It was a learning lesson. Yeah. I don't, whichever one you want to answer first, but I love. Yeah. This kind of stuff because I'm always thinking about. <laughs> oh, if I could go back, if I would. I, I would handle back. that so much differently. Yeah. And this over here is like, oh man, like, thank God I, I think I did good with that. All right. I, like I think I. Can think of several misses, <laughs> but just give me one example. I can think of fifty of myself, yes, as well. But give me one where you're like, this one stands out. I wish I could get this back. I think letting my emotions mm. dictate um, how I handle the situation, mm. reacting versus responding, for sure, and um, for sure, my intensity, my drive, my passion came through unloving, unprofessional. Mm. And um, the feeling of inadequacy and failure after mm. that was enough for me to be like, I don't want to do this anymore. Wow. And I struggle a lot on the heels of mistakes as a mm. leader of feeling not enough. Wow. And what's helped me with that is resolve. Yeah. And harmony mm. and being really quick to say, I'm sorry. Yep. And, I, you know, I just am from the belief that you're never too big to say you're sorry. Yeah. And um, I think a lot of people on our staff or that we're closest to have heard me apologize mm. to them because I, you know, on my own, I'm, I don't have it all figured out. Right. I mean, I'm still navigating how, how to lead and how to do it and how to do it with sleepless nights with children. Yep. But, um, but yeah, I, I think a lot of times, especially as like a wife, mm. you know, cause then there's like a different layer you know, mm. I feel like wow. I'm on the heels of of mistakes. I'm always being like, "Am I enough to do this all?" Mm. But um, I'm just so grateful that when we're weak, he's strong. Yes. And time and time again, like I just have to remind myself that that if I just make it right with that person, yeah. they'll forgive me as quick as I apologize. Right. And um, so yeah, I've had several 
blunders. Is that what yeah. we're calling? <laughs> we can call those blunders. No, I think I just cannonballs. Wanna... <laughs> <laughs> what are I they? Crash so, and burns. Okay. <laughs> I think it's so important. You know, yeah. I heard someone say this recently. I can't stop thinking about it. You're only one conversation away from resolving all the issues you have with somebody. Right. That's just the reality. Oh, you say things so much smarter. You're only one, but I just, I agree with, you yeah. know, I've made so many mistakes and the, that follow-up convo, yes. sitting down with somebody, hey, no one's too big to, yeah. you know, to apologize. I love that. And, I, I, and I've seen you do that. And that's what, if, if, if people don't have room for your mistakes, they shouldn't yeah. be with you. Yeah. If people can't let you fail forward and give yeah. you some, our job as leaders, I think, is to give everybody in our world tons of room to grow. Yeah. But if if I can't also have some room to grow, we're not we can't do life together. Right. Because doing life together, being married, being in community together, being in, you know, whatever organization you're in, you yeah. gotta give room to fail forward. Totally. And I think that convo allows that. Okay, I give you grace because yeah. you understand yeah. we're not perfect. Tell me about a time though that you you won and you did well. <laughs> I'm like, can you tell me when do you have an example <laughs> of me? <laughs> Just kidding. Tons. Um gosh. I think I think I, I you know I don't know I like gravitate to the underdog the person yes. that like isn't like the chosen or the smartest or yeah. the pastor's kid I yeah. I love um pulling people under my wing that have uh, maybe don't have it all altogether. Right. And, and I, um, you know, I think that sometimes they're surprised by like how much grace I give them. Yes. And I keep allowing them to yeah. keep doing things after they've failed time and time again. And, totally. And I just, you know, I, I, I think that as we see people come and go in our church and maybe they're leave, leaving because they're offended or hurt or um, they want to go check out another church and we just receive them back with open yeah. arms. I think I think that is um, something that we've valued to do that yeah. has allowed us to see people have beautiful stories. Totally. I think I'll give you a few that where you win. I think you win the most when you, you just said it pretty much. You are the mom. You're, mm -hmm. you're motherly. And I think in a community, especially when we talk about church context, people need both. In, in our home, you know, we, we need dad's home, um, but they need the nurturing side of the, of the mom. And I think I've watched you win so many times. So-and-so has gone through something. So-and-so needs some advice. So-and-so needs a, a banana pudding. A banana pudding. So-and-so <laughs> needs a night on our couch to talk and fill in the blank. That's where I see you win so much is you know, going out to the patio after services and being like, mom's out here to greet everybody. Mm. Um, having so-and-so at our house is going through hell on earth and you're making them dinner and they're sitting in our house for a couple hours and you you, you give them your the, your best, your cooking and your attention. So I, I want to say thank you that you are the mom, not only to you're my mom. What weird. Just you, some days. <laughs> <laughs> Too real. Um, but but oh, I man. think you win so big when you play that role and you're mm -hmm. confident in that. And you go, 
hey, I know that's what you do, but I bring this to the table hmm. and the staff needs that and the team needs that and the, and the, and the kids need that right now. I, and I love that. I appreciate that. I think leadership is about knowing the value that you bring. Wow. And when you can understand, I bring value to this, yeah. you just walk in the confidence of that. That's it. Because no one else, it's like anybody can do what you do. Yeah. But nobody can replace who you are. Yeah. And who you are is such a big deal. So yeah. I love you. Thank you yeah. for coming on the podcast. Is this where we make out? We did it. Yeah. Let's go. Cheers. Cheers, mate. mate. We love you. We'll see you next podcast.